everybody. It must be Sunday because I'm here, you're here, and we're all here. And uh, hopefully you all had a good uh, 4th of July last weekend. It wasn't too much of a boom-boom fest. I tried a couple new things with Gilligan because he's a thunderphobic, uh, stormophobic, or uh, fireworks-phobic. Uh, fr- Saturday night, it seemed to work okay. Sunday night, not so much. <laughs> So anyway, if any of you guys had uh, have used some stuff that really made it work well for your thunderphobic or firework phobic dog, you know, please uh, give a call. Let us know because we're all looking for answers to try to help these guys through it. So the only thing that helps is when they go deaf, <laughs> then they can't hear no more, and then all is right with the world. <laughs> but and they do have like headsets for dogs, but very few. I tried it with Gilligan. And, uh, yeah, that didn't work. He, he was not too fond of, uh, having that on his head. A lot of, most dogs don't like stuff on their head. So anyway, so hopefully you got some great questions. You geared up since you had a real break from me last weekend. But, uh, I'll tell you last weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you couldn't ask for a grander 4th of July. It was, it was awesome. So, uh, and just, I kicked back, uh, sat poolside, aka kitty poolside, because <laughs> we don't have a pool. And then they just enjoyed, uh, visitors and it was just fun. So anyway, so now we gotta start solving some problems for you. So if you gotta holler, 651-641-1071. And today what I want to talk a little bit about that I put on my KDK9 Facebook page. By the way, you can uh, find at go to, Nutris, go, go to mytalk1071.com and go to my KDK9 page, and you can just click on my Facebook page for KDK9 or go to my KDK9 website. But anyway, I was, uh, 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 Rochelle, do you, uh, do you, have you heard of the Tough Mutter? I have not. Okay. The Tough Mutter is where I would say a bunch of insane people, <laughs> no other short of it, uh, do this obstacle course that is totally nuts. And uh, a lot of it involves mud because there's pits of mud that you have to go through or under or around. And it's just, it's crazy. It's, I don't know why anybody would. I know people that just want to test themselves, but I don't need my But Is that big, fun to people? It <laughs> must be because there is a lot of people there. <laughs> Wow. There was one year I worked it because the Lions, I belong to the Hugo Lions Club, and we work at what we call the beer garden for them, and uh, they uh, we get a donation to our club. <laughs> the thing is, is that uh, yesterday was pretty good because there was a nice breeze and stuff like that. I'm glad I didn't have to work today because today would have been a little bit hotter is what it was. But like I said, it's just these weird, I mean... Um, uh, we were just trying to figure out, probably it's a pitch of at least 60 feet up that you have to scale and then go over the top and then go down. It's like a Jacob's Ladder where you grab onto these square ropes and stuff like that. That was one that I could see. And then they have one that's it's a pit. It's got these uh, electrodes that hang down. And you don't want to get zinged by one of them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's it's really it's it's weird. It, it is. You just go yeah, go to Tough Mutter. Imagine it's toughmutter.com or something. And you can see the courses and what they do. But anyway, so it really was a, a huge slap as far as how how some of these owners I just want to smack. <laughs> is because here they brought uh, there is probably about eight dogs there. Okay, number one, there is no shade. It's in the middle of a field. Okay, number two, what in tarnation are they bringing their dogs there for? And so uh, these dogs, their tongues are like hanging to the ground. I mean, I took some ice from our, our where we had the beer stacked or in, you know, getting cold, obviously. And I went over and gave a lot of them uh, uh, ice to either rub the dog's paws or for the dogs to eat. 
But okay, heads up, folks. Here I go on my <laughs> on my my soap operas box, I should say. Okay, you got to see when you bring a dog to a big gathering, whether it be a county fair, whether it be a tough mutter, whether it be even a, a big family reunion, where there's a lot of people and a lot of busyness and a lot going on. Folks, your dog does not want to be there. Your dog is a lot safer and happier at home. You get down on all fours. You know when everybody when you first get a baby or have a baby, they tell you to get down on all fours and see it at the eye level of a baby to see if your house is baby proof. <laughs> and anyway, and that's what you need to do. You get down on all fours and you won't negotiate all of everybody's uh uh feet. Uh, they're, uh, if they have other dogs that they don't bump into another dog, that their tail doesn't get stepped on when they go to sit or they don't get stepped on when they go to lay because they're tired of following you around and they're tired. And so uh, the biggest uh, disjustice you can do is bring your dog to a big doings. You know, like I say, county fair, tough mutter, family gathering, you know, uh, there's a lot of events now reopening up and you might think, oh, geez, that'd be fun for me and, and Fido to go with. No. Fido wants to just be with you. He doesn't want to be with 500 other people or 200 other people or thousands of other people. That's a lot of negotiating, especially if there's uh, strollers that are involved that they have to watch out so they don't get bumped by a stroller or get ran over by a stroller or, you know, uh, so there's just so much. Uh, you can, there's stress signals that you can see that your dog is not having fun. And, you know, one of them is yawning. One is, uh, people think if a dog yawns that they're, you know, bored. No, a stress signal is that they are stressed. They yawn. They tuck their tails. They're, they're looking for an exit. Their, t- their ears are pinned back. Um, th- this black lab must have been about four months old yesterday, four and a half months. Now, the humans had an umbrella. Okay, you have a black lab for Petey's sakes, all right? It absorbs the sun even more in the heat. They're standing under an umbrella when they're poor, that four and a half month old pup which their uh, system has a hard time regulating heat and cold at that point anyway. Uh, anyway, so it is out in the sun. And, I mean, he's panting like, a, uh, just panting like crazy. And so that's why it was just, it just dawned on me how stupid could people can be thinking that dog is having a good time when you put him in this. The, the, my biggest over-the-top load is at the state fair. Of all the gazillion people that are at the state fair and people bring their, you know, their service dogs, uh, no, that is not a place for a service dog, not the nutsness of a state fair. If you want to go to a state fair, then you find somebody, a human, that will go with you if you have to have a service dog or a companion, whatever. Because the thing is, is no dog. You have to be a humane if you're if you're bringing your dogs to these big outings and such like that, you are an inhumane owner. I'm sorry, I have no other word for it. Because like I say, your dog does not want to be there. He'd rather just be in the backyard sitting on the couch with you, playing games, learning tricks, uh, doing stuff like that with just you, all right? Or maybe a neighbor and, and another fur friend. But not to have to know, negotiate feet and then um, just the plane of all the heat being down low like that, you know, there, there, there's no uh, ventilation, you know, because it's all being taken up. And then some people say, well, geez, I'm going to bring my little dog and put him in a stroller. Well, there's not much ventilation in there either. So the thing is, is that you go and have fun, but leave your dogs at home. Because I can't tell you enough as far as... Uh, also to kids, uh, they're at kids level. And then let's say there's a lot of kids around in these gatherings and they come up and they put their arms around the dog to try to hug him. You know, oh, look at Fido, what a cutie. All of a sudden your dog is tired. He's crabby. And if somebody goes to pet him or hug him or get into his face and space, he might snap at him. 
And guess what? Now you got a lawsuit because it, your dog bit me. And it's like, do I put yourself and your dog through that situation? It totally, uh, you need to keep your dog safe. You need to keep your two-legged children safe. And you don't bring them in big, huge gatherings, you know, like that and have them have to negotiate this kind of stuff. And the dogs don't understand it. You know, they don't want to go on rides. <laughs> You know, like at least the two-legged little kids, you know, if they're at Como, get to go on a couple of the rides. But the main thing is, is that I can't tell you, I can't stress enough that you leave your dogs at home. You want to be a humane and a great owner. You don't put your dog through that kind of thing, of any big gathering like that, whether it's in your yard, whether it's in your park or whatever. When I have gatherings at my house, okay, dogs are in the are in the house. I don't put my dog through all that with somebody reaching wrong or, or then also too, when you have a lot of these gatherings at like county parks and stuff like that, you know, people drop a lot of food on the ground and then your dog is, you know, scarfing stuff up like that. And all of a sudden you get home and your dog is throwing up left and right from all the crap that he got off the ground. And so that's why I can't stress enough. Please be a humane owner. Keep your pets at home, whether it's a dog, a cat, an iguana. I don't care, but they don't need to go out with you into that park type or gathering type situation that's for humans that's not for your dogs or your pets okay okay i am off my soapbox <laughs> now if you got questions for me please give a holler 651-641-1071 that's 651-641-1071 okay you ready for this here's a trivia questions according to japanese legend a sick person will recover if they fold 1,000 of what type of origami? A dragon, a fish, a frog, or a crane? We'll be back. Hi there. Thanks for spending your Sunday afternoon with me. I hope you had a beautiful weekend at the cabin or a beautiful weekend at home. So we got open lines, so give a holler. 651-641-1071. Okay, Rochelle. Okay, according to Japanese legend, a sick person will re recover if they fold 1,000 of what type of origami? And that would be a dragon, a fish, a frog, or a crane. I'm going to go with the one I know, which is a crane. Ding, 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 ding. According to Japanese legend, the crane lives for thousands of years, and a sick person who folds a thousand origami cranes will become well again. And that's something, well, I'm impressed. Did you know Japanese history? Or? Oh, no, I just know cranes. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. I better get to folding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you're not sick. Oh, no. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, do, have you seen sandhill cranes? I'm sorry, what? Have you seen sandhill cranes? No. We got a whole lot of them out at our place, our, you know, in Hugo, uh, because they like the wetlands because they get in the farm fields. But anyway, and they uh, fly like a pterodactyl, and they sound like a pterodactyl. Oh, no. But they're way cool to watch. <laughs> as long as they don't open their beak, right. they make, make the most ungodly sound. So they, like I said, they're the pterodactyl in the sky. It's just kind of like, oh, that is crazy. So once again, we got open lines. Give a holler. doesn't happen very often. 651. 641-1071. Okay, stress signals. Let's discuss stress signals. We were just talking about leaving your dogs at home at big gatherings because they are not having a good time. All they're trying to do is find you and try to let you know, can we please go home and get the heck out of here? Okay, these are stress signals for a dog. Okay, looking away, lip lick, lip licking, yawning, ears back. Whale eyes. Whale eyes is like you can see the whites of the side of their eyes. Okay, basically it's the side of the eyes, not so much the top. Okay, the white of the eyes is showing that 
the, in the corner or in the rim. Lifting a paw. You know, some of them will lift a paw. They're sitting there and all of a sudden they'll lift a paw. That's a stress signal. Tail tucking. Freezing, where they just kind of crash to the ground going, I'm worried here. That's a stretch, stress signal. Or urination, if they piddle a little bit, that sometimes can be a stress. Uh, it is also submission urination. Um, like if you go up to a dog and just kind of go, oh, hi, Betty, and do the baby talky thing, uh, then it'll, and you bend over and pet them, then some dogs will, you know, submit what is called submission urination. Okay, so it's it's different. Yeah, like I said, if your dog's ears are pinned back, you know, whale eye, and then they piddle, now you know they're really stressed. If your dog is doing one or more of these things, stop touching him and give him some space. And also the big thing that you always have to remember is that always, always never go in and pet a dog you do not know. Always ask the owner first. And the reason is, is you always ask the owner because the owner knows the dog and to see if he's, you know, is the dog user friendly? Does he want people to pet them? All right. And if they, and so you ask the owner first and if they say yes, now this is what you got to remember. And please teach kids this. Never stand and face the dog directly and have your and shove your hand into their face. Like here, smell me. This is who I am. Don't do that. Be like, if I met you for the first time and I shove my fist to your nose and say, here, I'm Katie. Okay. It's a very defensive thing. For a dog, so what you uh, and then you never go over the top of the dog's head between the ears and down the back. That's a dominant move. So what you're going to do is you're going to stand sideways to the dog, and then what you're going to do is the leg that is facing the dog because a side profile is a calming signal to a dog. Put your thumb on your leg at eye level of the dog, and then tap tap, and then wiggle wiggle your fingers. Tap tap your thumb on your leg and wiggle wiggle your fingers, and look to the ground. Just kind of look to the dog, you know, glance over and then look back to the ground. Side profile, calming signal. Now, if the dog wants to, he'll come in and just like, you know, you go over your by your fingers there, wiggle, wiggle, and say, yeah, Patty! And if he doesn't come in, you do not take your thumb off the, your leg, even if he's 12 inches from you. If he doesn't come into your hand, you do not take your thumb off your leg and go into the dog's face and space to pet him. You're asking the dog by tap, tap, wiggle, wiggle, Tap, tap, wiggle, wiggle. You do it three times, and if the dog doesn't come in, you stand up and you move on. Okay, you continue talking to their, to their, uh, their human part. Okay, okay. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Who's up to bat there? All right, we've got um, Pam, and she's got a question about training leash. Okay. For- All right. Hey, Pam. How you doing? Hi, Pam. Hi, Katie. Hi. I love your show. Oh, well, thank you. I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now I'm going to need somebody to widen the doors before I leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the scoop. All right. I am thinking, well, I most likely am going to be um, adopting a rescue dog. All right. It's, he's a Springer Spaniel, mm-hmm. three years old, and um, his his biggest challenge is that he's a little timid, and anxious, mm-hmm. and he grew up in homes, apparently, I think he was living with like an 80-some-year-old gal who had three dogs, and she didn't take him out on the leash. Okay. So, I definitely want to train him to do this, mm-hmm. and develop more confidence, but I don't want to stress him out right. doing this when he comes into my home, which will be in about three weeks. Okay. So I was just wondering what would be a good way to get him started 
on the leash, like taking them around the yard or... Okay, well, first, so he probably has never been walked on a leash? Correct. He hasn't been walked on the leash. Okay. So the first thing you do is, like, if you can have whoever uh, has him now, you know, to just attach a leash to his collar and let him drag it around, you know, a nylon leash. Okay. So, gets, so he'll step on the leash and feel that bump on the collar. Okay. Okay. And then whoever, now where is he? Is he in a foster family right now or he's, what's going on? He's in a foster family okay. and they love him very much, but they have to go back to work and he's kind of a homebody. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> now, well, the thing is, is that now you got to be careful here because he, being that he grew up with other dogs and if he has never been left alone, this one might have very high, high separation anxiety that if you put him in a kennel, he'll bust out. Or if you leave him in the home, you know, in the house, he'll, right. he'll go through windows and doors. Okay. Because okay. uh, like I say, so we, that's what you've got to test before you take him how is he going to react because if he's used to having being around other dogs in okay. my book i wouldn't adopt this dog unless the person had an existing dog that the dog can bond with because otherwise he may just be so out of sorts because there's dogs dogs and people dogs dog dogs are do dogs that love dogs and tolerate people and people dogs are dogs that po love people and tolerate dogs okay okay, okay. Right. and so the thing is is that if he's used to just hanging out like let's say he came into that family as a pup and the other dogs are older than him then he probably more than likely bonded to the other dogs and not the human now have you met this dog Yes, I did meet the dog, and the the dog is uh, super bonded to his foster mom. Okay, and so what was yes. going on when you say super bonded? Well, like you know, she'll she'll get up and go into the kitchen, and he likes to go up and go into the kitchen too, and then okay. she'll sit on the couch, and he'll kind of lay at her feet. Now, do they have another dog there? No, the dog is all by itself. The dog is by itself. Okay, and so what does she do when she has to go shopping and nobody's in the house? Um, I think he's pretty good for a couple, few hours. Okay, okay. Because those are questions. That, those are questions. He's good in the car. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, so those are questions you need to ask of that foster mom. You know, okay. so that you know that he, does she kennel him at all? I don't think she kennels him. I think she gives. No, she she does not kennel him. She gives him free roam of the house. Okay. And um, she's had him for a few months already. He hasn't destroyed anything or chewed anything up or okay. had accidents or anything. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, well, as long as he's, he's acclimated to being by himself, but how how many times do they leave him alone by himself? Okay, so that would be a question I would need to ask. Yeah, because and like... for I, how long? Yes, yes. Okay. And then I would see if he is kettle trained, you know, use a plastic kennel, have her, you know, put him in a plastic kennel and see... Uh, if he, uh, you know, is okay or does he go bonkers? <laughs> okay. Okay. Are you saying that he should not be kept loose in the house? Well, it, you know, every situation is different. You know, um, I, anytime I get a, uh, an, uh, an, you know, an adopted dog, you know, a secondhand dog, I do not, anytime I leave, boy, they're in their kennels. I don't trust, I'm not, I'm not coming home and having my house demolished or doors, you know, eaten. And now the dog is in desperate need of a vet because of what he got into. And now I got to repair everything he got into. <laughs> right, right. And I, I did ask about that and she said, no, that that has never happened. Okay. Yeah, so but, but I, see, don't, I don't know how long it was. Okay. Maybe. Now, because she's had him a couple months, another question I would ask is that: at the first time that she left him, was there a problem? 
Okay. okay. Because it might have been, maybe she went through that a couple of times and now they don't leave the dog alone very often for any length of time because something might go wrong. And that's where the kennel, where the, if the dog is willing to accept the kennel, then you know when okay. you leave, he's safe and your house is safe. Okay. Okay. So, I gotcha. yeah. So I would ask a couple more questions and then maybe get to visit him more. And doesn't she uh, take him for a walk? Um, not really, because he didn't know, he, he doesn't know how to walk on a leash very well. So he will see like a squirrel or something. And then of course, being a springer, he's going to mm-hmm. pull. You bet, you on, bet. On it, right? So, I mean, he needs some kind of training. And I know that, I mean, that's an, that's an important part. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I I don't want to get my arm pulled out of my sock. No, and then you just need the right training collar. You want to hold on a sec? we got to run to break, okay? Okay, sure, sure. What is the only king in the deck of cards without a mustache? The king of spades, clubs, diamonds, or hearts? We'll be right back. All right, then. We've got people waiting, so we got to get to them. Okay, what is the only king in the deck of cards without a mustache? Is it the king of spades, diamonds, hearts, or clubs? What do you think in there, Rochelle? I'm going to say hearts. Ding, 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 ding. Really? Yep. Wow. Diamonds, clubs, and spades are by association linked respectively with uh, cor- corruption of cor- uh, corruption of wealth, war, and death. In contrast, the heart has an origin, is pure, open, and undisguised. It does not wear ar- artific- artificial things. Um, mm-hmm. Hence, the clean-shaven king of hearts. So who knew? I did not know. I, I took a stab on that one, too. So, Okay, let's go back uh, to Pam. Pam. Hi, I'm here. There you go. There you go. You go. Okay. And so, yeah, so you, you really got to, you know, have to, if the foster is willing, that you can go over a couple times and maybe just walk them around their yard and just get the right training collar. How many, um, uh, how many pounds is this dog? Uh, he's pretty big, uh, he? fifty-five. Oh, okay. He's a big old finger. Okay, he's from, <laughs> probably from the old uh, from the old uh, style, the old stock, what we call. But oh, anyway, okay. yeah, I did go over there today. Okay, good. For like an hour and a half. Okay, and um, he's he's a little shy and timid, but she was surprised that he sat down next to me and I gave him a little treat, and he, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay, you know, I think he is shy and timid. Um, the only thing she does when she takes them for a walk is walk around the yard. Okay. A behavioral therapist told her, don't worry about taking them for a walk. I'm not sure. I don't know that whole but huh. And anyhow, he came, like I said, he came from somebody, a family, and the, his owner died. And right. then he went to the owner's older mother. Okay. Who had a couple of dogs and couldn't take them out. And then she, the rescue... Um, place got him from iowa because okay, this dog is you need a lot of work to build that confidence okay so if you're up for it go for it but don't talk yourself into the dog it should feel right because dogs that are are separation anxiety like this you know are very hesitant very shy you know fast movements loud loud, loud sounds you know right. that's it's a long road to hope you can get him better but you're not going to get him great he's not going to be cutesy cutesy lovey everybody and such like that all right so okay. the, so you've got to be honest with the situation and if you can't if you want to roll up the sleeves and 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 google you know, uh, shy dogs, you know, anxiety ridden dogs, you know, shy, you know, aloof, uh, dogs. And so the thing is, cause we can't change his past. All we can do is bring him forward from where he's at right now. Okay. 
Right, right. Okay. And he, he's not aggressive. Uh-huh. Yep. I did ask that. Uh-huh. Um, because I was concerned. I mean, I, I well, I'd like to see him it. out on a walk, though. If she's just what if this foster mom, if she's doing things right, that dog, she should be walking that dog, and you know, training that dog and working with it to, so that the next owner, you know, it works well with. And so that's what I'm. I'm a little bit worried about why she's not taking him out on walks. Does he freak out? You know, does he is he ballistic at other dogs or kids? You know, all the movement that's going on, and so that's what I would want to do is go for a walk with that dog before I adopted it with that owner of that's you know that he trusts already. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So I think that should be a, a a piece of the puzzle that you should work on, you know, and then and so because that doesn't make any sense why she just want to take him out to walk. Okay. I'll ask her that. I'm going to go over there again on Tuesday. Uh, okay. Yeah, this yep. week. Good, 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 good. Well, if you've got any other questions, give me a call or a holler up at Katie's Canines, okay? I sure will. Thank okay, kiddo. So good luck. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. There you go. Because when you buy, a lot of people, now when I got my Ethel, my Ethel didn't you know with the kindness of a human. It took me two years working with her. But luckily, she was the kind that ran and hid instead of, uh, and so the whole thing is, it's a lot of work. And if you have other another dog that will help that dog move forward, it goes a lot easier. Because I had Gilligan and and, and uh, Zelda that helped her through that. Because with the shy dogs, having another dog really does make a difference as far as helping them move forward. Okay, okay. Who's up next? All right, Margaret's got a question about an older dog and her foster child. All right. Hi, Margaret. How you doing? Hi, um, thank you so much for taking my call. You betcha. Um, yeah, um, uh, my husband and I um, have had a dog. He's a schnoodle, okay. half schnauzer, half poodle, mm-hmm. um, for 10 and a half years. And um, we've been doing foster care for a few years now. And um, our last child we just adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, our dog's been real aggressive towards him. Mm-hmm. He did bite him on the face. Fortunately, it was not a you know a bad bite. Right, you know right. he did puncture his skin, but you know it healed well. And nice. but um, you know for the most part since then we've just kept our dog separate from our son. Okay, and, so now how old is your son? Um, he's two years five months. Okay, two years. And by the way, thank you for adopting. I'm adopted, and um, I, I I thank every day for the great mom and dad that I had. I was so lucky. So thank you for adopting. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. And so now, okay, yeah. dogs that are five, well, five kids that are three and under is like oil and water for every dog. A five to three is it's not much better. The do- the dogs usually don't like them until they get taller and they're not in their face and space. And so what happens is that the, the little dogs, especially the breeds that you got, they're a little bit more on the antsy side anyway. And so the the and at two now is he starting to walk yet? Oh, he can walk in. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, he's really busy. All he's right. Very active. Right. And see, what they want to do is they want to come straight at the dog. They want to hug him. They want to pick him up. And the dogs, and if your dog was isn't used to the busyness of children, you know, then they're kind of like, get it out of here. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. And it looks like the two-year-old's going to go right, and then it goes left. You know, they're very animated. They're screaming. They're yelling. The best thing I could tell you to do is, number one, is that when your son is animated, 
uh-huh. you know, doing fun things and running and whatever, then your dog should either be in a separate room or in a kennel. Okay. And then when your son is, let's say, watching TV or coloring or whatever type thing or just hanging out, bring the dog out on a leash, on a leash. So you got control of the situation. And so now if the son starts to go to the, you know, to the dog, just say, no, not right now. He's kind of tired. Leave him alone. All right. Because what you're trying to do is teach your son that the dog is, is the inanimate object in the room. So when the dog enters the room, that the son isn't automatically drawn to him. Redirect your son. All right. Okay. And so then, uh, because, uh, dogs know where their teeth are at all times. If your dog really wanted to hurt your son, he would have, he would have left a good mark. All right. And so the thing is, is what it was is 10 to 1, he growled, but your son didn't back off. And then, then in the dog's mind is, uh, okay, I gave you a growl. I warned you back off and you didn't. So now here's a nip back off <laughs> all right so that's the whole thing there's a lot of dog most dogs don't like kids that are five and under because they're more at eye level they take them as a challenge and then and like i say kids are just so wacky you know running running hands in the air and just loud and obnoxious sometimes and busy and and especially the older dogs too they're starting to lose their their hearing they're not as stable as they were when they were young and their eyesight's a little bit off and so that's why you got to protect your dog's face and space right now and then like when your son's down for a nap let your dog out and have, let her, you know, be around with you. Uh, when your son goes down, you know, for, you know, bedtime, then the dog can come out and be a part of the household, okay? But otherwise, you know, like let's say you're, um, uh, the dog is on a leash with you and the son is with your husband, okay, or whatever, and uh, so that you've got, both of them are contained. <laughs> Somebody's got one, the dog or the child, right? Yeah, that, yeah that's what we've been doing, but... It's it's pretty hard, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always being separate like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then to um, whenever we have company, our dog, you know, just barked terribly. Mm-hmm. And but now, you know, um, that we adopted um, our son, you know, he's been like that a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's nervous you know, with our son. Yep. Um, and then um, uh, and then to um, sometimes our dog will, you know, just kind of just just be aggressive towards our son you know um our son's not doing anything he's like playing you know playing or you know busy with something else but then our dog will just come right to him and bark and um yeah you know like kind of nip at the air you know Mm -hmm. right by him and Mm -hmm. um and we did buy one of those basket muzzles you know Mm -hmm. for him to wear but you know he'll still bark wearing that Mm -hmm. but he's just very aggressive towards him. Yep, yep. And see, like I say, most small dogs don't like children. And that's the end of the story. And so the only other recourse, we can work a little bit on some other things. But um, the thing is, is too, that then, um, you know, it's up to yourself. But you, maybe you can find somebody that wants, you know, that doesn't have as busy a house, you know, with little kids and grandkids or whatever type thing, that, uh, you know, find a new home for them. Um, that's another option. And then there is... Uh, One thing, um, yeah, I, I was thinking about that, but... Um, uh, a friend of my sister um, said that it's really hard for an older dog to attach to a new home. It depends. It just depends on the dog. There's many dogs that get dumped because of the, the people like we is having a problems like you, and they uh-huh. just dump them at the shelters. And they can, you know, kids or dogs are and kids are pretty resilient. They can, you know, if they get in the right environment, they can grow from it. 
So oh, okay. the thing is, is that you just have to make sure that you find the right fit. Not a busy home, not like with a lot of other kids. Or this should be a childless home, you uh, know, and maybe you know, in a very calm situation. You know, there, there's a lot of older folks out there that maybe lost their older dog, you know, and would be a good fit for this dog. And so that's do, why. Do you know of any organizations like that that? No, what, help me find what you can do is you can, um, you know, call some of the, the local uh, shelters and just say, you know, that we have this dog and, you know, we give the MO and just say, you know, if you hear of anybody looking, you know, give them our number. Okay? okay, and so then, in the meantime, you're going to make sure that these guys are separate. Okay, so that you don't. Oh, yeah, know, we, yeah, yeah, we've been really good right. About that you know, baby time. gates or whatever type things, so that you know that so you've got control of the situation. Okay, yeah, because that's your dog exactly is what we do use baby. Yeah, gates, so. and so your dog and your dog is be under a lot, a lot of stress. Yeah. And so there's some things that you could do now with the barking. Did you ever do any training with him at all? We only took the puppy one class. Oh, okay. At um we should have done more you know i I do think part of it's our fault you know um this is the first dog i've ever had um so um you know i i didn't realize how you know right you know now in hindsight yeah i think more training would have been a lot yeah because see what happens with little dogs is that they bark a lot and becomes kind of a snippy because they lack confidence you gotta look at the world from their point of view they're like the land of the giants right yeah so anyway so when you take the time to build that confidence aka through training trick training and stuff like that they have a higher tolerance of of certain situations but that's why little dogs are they get earmarked for being little yappers they yap at everything it's because they're trying to scare away what they don't want feel secure enough to contend with and so then like i say they just they start getting just uh, uh, over the edge is what they start doing and so that's why by building you know your uh the dog's confidence but the thing is is that the dog will always have to either have the muzzle or be kept away from your son but you can do some confidence but i don't know what your time is like you know it's, it's heck enough to, to have a two-year-old running around yeah <laughs> And so, anyway, so that's why, like I say, so if you want to give me a call up at Katie's Canines, we can talk a little bit more, and I can give you some pointers on trying to build more of his confidence, you know, like take him for walks, using the right training collar. But it's still going to be like that, and so, uh, but you'll have more control over the dog. He'll listen when you speak. <laughs> okay. Okay? Okay, yeah, thank you so much for your advice. Also, you too, I just wanted to let you know, my sister and her family, they listen to you all the time, and that's how I found out about oh, you, and okay. she said you give great advice. So, <laughs> well, thank um, you, thank, thank you. you so much for taking my call. Oh, no problem. Like I said, if, if, yeah, if you want to discuss it a little bit further, just give me a holler up at Katie's Canine when we got a little bit more time. And right now, I got callers waiting. Okay. Oh, no, I understand. Okay, okay kid. thank you for everything. You bet. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. Okay, where are we at there, ma'am? All right, Janelle's got a question about her cats. Is it break time yet? Um, nope. We've no. got about five minutes. Oh wow, we do. Where am I? Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Sorry, going, Wait I a minute. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, for once, I got it wrong. Usually, I'm so late. It's crazy. <laughs> okay. How long is a jiffy? One quadrillion of a second? One billionth of a second? One trillionth of a second? Or one million millionth of a second? How much is a jiffy? We'll be back. All right. 
right. Thank you for tuning in to Katie K9 Show here every Sunday from 4 to 6. And don't forget to catch my podcasts of all the past shows and such like that. Or if you're driving and like, can't remember what I said at the beginning, podcast, you go to my show page at mytalk1071.com. All the shows here on my talk are podcasts. You can go to everybody. Okay. How long is the Jiffy? Is it one quadrillionth? One billion? One trillion or one million of a second? Oh, man. Those are all big numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, or small, I guess you could say. A million? Million? Nope. It is uh, the trillion. One trillionth trillion. of a second. Oh. Believe it or not, a jiffy is an actual unit of time. Uh, defined during the late 18th century by scientist Gilbert Newton Lewis as the amount of time it takes light to travel one centimeter in a vacuum, which is about 3.4 picoseconds uh, or one trillionth of a second. Why a vacuum cleaner? Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So the jiffy, just a jiffy, is one trillion of a second. One trillion of a second. There you go. Pass that around the water cooler. Now that people are coming together. Okay, who's up next? All right now we got Janelle. She's got a question about her cat. All right. Hey, Janelle. Thanks for holding on. <laughs> Hi, Janelle. Hi. Hi. Thanks for holding. Yeah, not a problem. So I have a situation. We have three cats. Okay. We have Cole, who is the older guy. He's about. He'll be six in September. And we lost our Isabel last October, so we adopted two kittens in November. Doug and Pip. <laughs> and Pip is a pipsqueak. And, I mean, he turns a year this month, and he's still, like, only six pounds. He's very petite, very small. Okay. We've had him into the vet. The vet's not concerned. So, um, But Doug, we used to think Doug was a bully, Um but now it's like, no, he's not a bully. He just really wants to play. Mm-hmm. And he plays rough. Mm-hmm. And I, we think he has traumatized Pip now to the point that Pip hides underneath our bed. Okay. Um, and suppose we're enabling this because we've put the litter box in there and food in there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'll come out when we call him. Um, he sleeps with us then the whole night long, mm-hmm. um, you know, butts up and wants attention, you know, butting my hand and that's, butting that's my Pip. face. And that's Pip, not pet, Doug. Pet, pet. That's Pip, right? That's Pip. Okay. Yes. But when we do, Doug comes in the room, he goes immediately under the bed. Okay. Um, we bring Pip downstairs and if Doug is in his zoomy state, um, Pip is so on edge. Uh-huh. So we're thinking that maybe he was just pinned and kind of attacked by Doug. Uh-huh. Um, and we adopted him the same day uh-huh. from the same yeah, yeah. humane society and yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, and so this just started, well, not just, but it was in April when all of this changed. Okay. Now, what about the and six-year-old so, cat? As far as how, how does Doug get along with the six-year-old cat? The With Cole, he, they got along just fine. Okay. Cole and Pip, I mean, Cole and Doug, because Doug just wants to play. Right. And Cole is like, leave me alone. I'm the old man here. Okay. Um, you know, there's some hissing and some carrying on, but nothing severe. All right. Um, where I feel one of the cats are in danger. Right, right, right. The right, other right. one. Yep. Um, 
but just trying to, what can we do to get the confidence, Pip's confidence built up, and so that he'll become part of the family again. I mean, he he's the sweetest thing, and yep. we just want him to be able to feel comfortable in his home. Well, first of all, I'd work, and, on, I'd work on getting Doug tired out, okay, yeah. by yeah. using like a laser, <laughs> by using a feather on a, like a Zepco. You know, he's got to go chase. Uh, just ducky bananas uh, work really yep. great. And so that the th- would be my first thing is every day that, you know, at least two, three times a day, you're sending Doug so that he doesn't have the energies to bulldoze, okay? And then if, if and if he does get overly, you know, stimulated, where he's, you know, just kind of going nuts, and then put him on, get him out of the room, and let the other ones come out and just kind of hang out without being, having Doug over their head. Right. Right. And so you just got to regulate the situation because what it is, is, you know, you got distinct personalities here. Okay. And Pip is content to just kind of, you know, chill out. And Doug is like, bring it on. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. And so what you just got, so that's what you're working on. A lot of good exercising things for Doug. Yep. Um, And it does help somewhat. Yep. But then just how often do we, with Doug, at least two to three times a day, you're going to be, you know, trying to over, you know, like using the laser light. Now, the other two cats are not involved in this. They're in another room, okay? You're mm-hmm. just in one room with, you know, with Doug, and then to try to get him tuckered out. Do you have a floor-to-ceiling cat tree? Uh, it's four feet tall. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. You need one that's cats love to be a, a superior above us. Okay, you want mm-hmm. one that's a, it's it's at least you know six seven feet tall, you know where mm-hmm. where they can sit on top, you know, like with different shelves mm-hmm. along the you know the sides. Yep. 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 And so that because cats love that, and also it's a way for the other cats to get out of the realm of you know Doug, but also mm-hmm. Doug to feel superior. He can go up on top and watch the world. <laughs> And so, yeah, because the four footers that no, that's that, that's nothing in a in a cat's world, especially when you have a rambunctious one. Another thing mm-hmm. is is to put it by a window where you either got a bird feeder or a squirrel feeder. So what you want to do is you want to get Doug's attention off of the other two cats and onto other things that will stimulate him. Okay, sure. so then there again, mm-hmm. now he's he's tiring himself out by watching the squirrels or the birds or whatever type thing. So that's mm-hmm. really important mm-hmm. to do that. And so then, yeah. uh, but that's the big thing. And then, like I say, if Doug's really hitting the fan, you know, just say, hey, ta- buddy, you need a timeout and just put him in another room, maybe with a, like a just ducky cat toy or something. And then just let mm-hmm. the other ones, maybe for a couple hours, just kind of roam the house. It might, it might even be four hours worth. All right. But at night, mm-hmm. Doug's not antagonizing Pip, correct? Well, that's because we sleep with our door shut. Okay. And that, so Doug can't get in. Okay, that's fine. Don't feel guilty, okay? It's just you got different personalities, and so you got to, it's a, you know, hopefully someday as Doug gets a little bit older, he's not going to be so in at the other faces, right? But right now he's he's got the Dickens in him. It's like having the Dickens two-legged child. Okay, where mm-hmm. how are we going to wear the energies out? How are we going to refocus them? And then, then eventually he'll settle into himself, and then it won't be so nuts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Good luck. You. you bet. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah, it's just it's really tough. What do you have? See, and one thing that people forget about cats, 
Cats are loners. They don't, they're not a pack animal like dogs are. Cats are perfectly content to be all by themselves and not have another cat within miles. Okay. Now, if a cat is brought up with other cats, they learn to be interactive with other cats. But there again, not all cats will interact. Some of them are kind of like, get out of my face or I'm going to smack you. <laughs> and so what you have to do is learn to work with the personality of cats you have. And in Doug's case, like I said, he's got the dickens in him. So we're going to, you know, do laser lights. You never, ever do a laser light with a dog. Never. Okay, that creates a shadow chaser, tail chaser, a neurotic mess. But with cats, and I remember anytime you never just turn the laser off, it goes behind something. So you leave the cat kind of, you know, pondering things. All right. But that's the whole thing is just take your time, work with what's uh, what you can as far as understanding their uh, whatever you call it. Okay. What was the most money ever paid for a cow at an auction? 670 Thirteen one million three hundred thousand one hundred thirty thousand or sixty seven dollars.